Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another fantastic credits episode of Fantastic Mr. Fox Minute, the only show on the internet with me, Tyler Boudreaux, the bad boy of podcasting. What? (laughs) And this is not the only show on the internet with you in it. It's the only one you're hosting currently, but you you do make guest appearance in other podcasts, Tyler. Who's this that's talking to me? I don't know you because you haven't said your name yet. I mean, if you're just catching it now, you might want to go back to an older episode where we're not talking about credits because, you know, we've got some meatier stuff earlier in the, in the time. Meat. I love uh, some meat in my podcasts. So yeah, this is the show where we talk about Fantastic Mr. Fox one minute at a time, and this is Minute 85, which consists of credits, beginning with the production department and ending with the ADR recordist Rick Gould. So yeah, Condra, uh, any thoughts on Minute 85 of credits? Well, I... As always, I'm interested in the animators and the animation groups that worked on this film. And I looked up a couple of the ones that helped with post-production kind of stuff. And one of them I found quite a lot of information on. Their name is Lip Sync Post. They did some like minor stuff here and there, including some 2D stuff. They have worked on some really big movies. And I like kind of was surprised when I looked them up because they're this British post-production group. But they've worked on some very large films, such as Batman Begins. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. What seems to be one of their more recent movies is The Nice Guys. Oh, uh, yeah. With uh, Ryan, Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe vehicle. Stardust, which is one of my favorite movies. Yes, the Neil Gaiman adaptation. Yes, with a delightful Robert De Niro. And, you know, other people who are the Claire main characters. Da- Claire Danes <laughs> is awesome in it, but Robert De Niro's performance in that movie really stands Very out Very fun, me. yes. Let's see. Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street, Tim Burton. Oh, that one. Okay. Yep. yep. It's hard to know which Sweeney Todd you're talking about if you don't clarify. The Bourne Ultimatum. So those are some of... <laughs> Wait, I want to make a movie called, like, Sweeney Todd, the really nice guy who gives away muffins to poor children. It'd be a very boring movie. <laughs> Unless he encounters Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street, and they have it back. Well, it's a comedy where everyone's like, you're Sweeney Todd? Are you the demon barber of Fleet Street? And he's like, no, everyone asks me that. I'm actually a really nice guy, and I give muffins away to poor children. <laughs> what, what would your arc in that movie be, Tyler? Well, he starts putting people in the muffins. So he is the demon barber of Fleet Street. Yeah, but he's still a nice guy that gives the muffins away to poor... Well, he doesn't live on Fleet Street either. That's another thing. He lives on... Drury Lane? (laughs) No, that's the Muffin Man. He's giving muffins... No, no, I'll take it. Okay, yeah. The the real name of the Muffin Man is Sweetie Todd. (laughs) retcon okay we're good and then their other like probably really big one was atonement so they work on a whole variety animated non-animated they seem to like specialize in obviously special effects and how to portray that realistically the other one that was listed was stranger fx but because stranger things just came out recently i can't find anything on that company because everything is about the special effects in stranger things okay it was weird because when i saw lip sync post i was like oh that's probably like an animation department that that, like helps the audio track link up with the lips of the animals it doesn't seem to be that's what they worked on but i didn't get super specific in there so uh mm-hmm. uh anything else in the credits that you saw i literally didn't see any funny names or I, anything. yeah no uh, well one thing we got the camera people in this minute and there was like the head camera people the shoulder camera people no and then it was head camera assistant and then camera assistant and i'm like i guess it looks better on your cv when whatever if you're the head camera assistant but really what's the difference 
assistants. Are you then in charge of all of the other assistants and like their point? We don't know their power structure. That might be well, what that's, it is. That's what I'm wondering because like you have the production interns, you have your executive assistant to Wes Anderson, and then the general assistant to Wes Anderson. Why are there all these tierings? And is it just to like demonstrate how long someone's been in the business, whether they can be an executive assistant or just an assistant or a head assistant versus a general assistant and why it's necessary which i don't expect you to have an answer but it was a question <laughs> that i came up with well it's it's just in a, in a business you need to have classifications so that you can but some of them seem redundant and unnecessary there's, there's a lot of like there's a lot of like unions and like stuff if you're like at a certain job level you get a certain pay rate because every guild working in film has their it has its own union so there's like the production guilds and the writers guilds guild strike yeah. writer strike of 07 was it uh 09 09 which is one when this, this movie happened came out. <laughs> nice Speaking of movies that came out in 09, I figured we could finally talk about the Academy Awards of 2010. Every, which everyone's covered... favorite award ceremony, the Academy Awards. I mean, it is the only one that I actually care about. The Grammys? The Grammys are fine, but like, there's so many categories that like, it's, it's just a deep catalog. I appreciate like the Golden Globes and stuff because of how those awards are given, like how they pick the winners as opposed to the Oscars. But at the same time, I think the whole award system system needs to be reevaluated because there's just so many more movies than when like the Academy was created in the yeah. early 1900, like in the early the 1930s. The the ball game and the industry has changed so drastically that I think the whole system, in the way like colleges need to reevaluate how they yeah. do things, like everything just needs to be reevaluated for the times we currently live in. Oh yeah, it's a completely arbitrary system, and I, I'll be the first to agree that like an interesting award ceremony would be to look at movies that came out 10 years ago and give them awards cultural then. impact yeah or just to i don't know anything that spices them up like i'm or, there for or like actually recognizes these smaller films that only run the circuit like the uh, film festival circuit except for sundance because those are also arbitrary well that's the thing you either get the big movies that everyone has seen or the small movies that nobody's seen because there aren't any media movies anymore yeah but i would like some more integration of like you have these ones that are directly put on streaming services and yeah and they, they've been nominating they're, more and they're more. trying to figure it out still but i don't think they're quite there yet yeah so academy awards okay so fantastic mr fox was nominated for two of them first and foremost it was nominated for best animated feature uh what was it up against Condra? Coraline. yes princess and the frog came- no tangled came out that year but that wasn't nominated wallace and Gr- no that was 2007 what else came out in 2009? I don't know. That's all I got. Uh, Princess and the Frog. Oh, Princess and the Frog. <laughs> up, Tangled came out in 2010. Up with one. Yeah. Coraline. And uh, a French-Belgian movie called Secret of the Kells. <gasps> Secret of the Kells is so good! <laughs> 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 okay, I'm glad you've heard of it, because I had no idea what it was. It's a 2D animated film about Irish folklore, and it's just really beautiful. It's about Melky? No, no. Uh, the Basically, the Irish equivalent of people, and they are people that transform from seals into people. So they're not people in the way like you think, like Little Mermaid, with half human, half fish. Yeah. Um, they're more transformative, kind of like the werewolf of the sea. The werewolf of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> but so there's some other really lovely stories about these um, creatures that involve like 
them falling in love with a human and giving up their ability to turn into seals and that kind of stuff. Selkie, that's what they're called because they're seals. So it's a, it's a I, if that's the movie I'm thinking, I know it's 2D animated and I've definitely like seen it before, but if it is about Selkie, I s- Wait, so now I'm just scrolling through the IMDb page of like all the films that have been nominated for best animated feature and it's very fun because the thing with animated features is that essentially any animated feature will get nominated because there's not that many for example in 2001 it lost to shrek but jimmy neutron boy genius was nominated for best animated Yo. Feature. and shrek beat monsters inc which is a crime against humanity not at all i'll fight with you there on that one wallace and gromit curse of the were rabbit beat howl's moving castle that is a travesty and corpse bride i'm fine with that monster house was nominated lost to happy feet happy feet was good monster house was okay also i was getting um, secret of the kells confused with secrets of the sea which is the selkie movie but i do know what that <laughs> Take back everything about secret of the kells <laughs> yeah basically but also i have seen i have like seen trailers and stuff for it, but i have not seen this movie i can't wait to just leave that in for the audience <laughs> <laughs> they'll get all excited about seeing this movie about seals and then not at all but Mo- it sounds really interesting and i do want to see this movie yeah now. monster house was written by dan Hart and Rob Schraub of Rick and Morty fame. Yeah. At, listening to their podcast, it's funny because par- apparently the movie came out very different from their original script. Yes. Surfs Up, the uh, surfing penguin oh. movie, got nominated for an Academy Award, as did Bolt. Bolt was okay. It was really well animated. Rango won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. In 2008? Uh, in 2011. 11? What else came out in 11? Oh, 11 was a bad year for Pixar, yeah, so. well, <laughs> that also was the year of Kung Fu Panda 2 and Puss in Boots. Yo, Puss in Boots was okay. Better than Shrek 4. But then, yeah, then as the years go on, you get like you get movies like The Croods and Despicable Me 2. Like. I think at this point, so where it started by recognizing Shrek as being this really groundbreaking technological film and really funny and family friendly and just like eye-opening, it's now become the big corporations that produce kids' movies for the sake of merchandising. And it's not the art that like... Well, it's actually Owl's turned movie- around now at the point where the point that we're at now is like your pixar movie will get nominated your dreamworks movie will get nominated if it's good and then you'll get all these independent movies or like 2016 it it was zootopia kubo and the two strings moana my life is a zucchini and the red turtle so like that was also the year that was that the year that lego movie was robbed or no 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 no. that was 2014 yeah that was 2014 when big hero 6 won but big hero 6 was really really good and it handled depression and tragedy and grief really well i, I think it did rather mental have health. a train to dragon 2 one over big hero 6 uh, but so yeah now we get like occasionally movie like boss baby will get nominated or something ralph breaks the internet which pff, i don't know how that got nominated it's disney's movie yeah that's what i'm talking about like the big like, corporations like pixar and disney and dreamworks are almost always going to get nominated yeah because they made a an animated movie as a 60 million dollar animated movie yeah okay uh how about the 2009 academy award for best original score what do you think was nominated this one this one might be a little harder so just think about about movies that came out in 2009 i have no I'll idea i'll give you a hint it was until recently the biggest up. movie of all time up would have up. been nominated because up ups yeah ups was a bang like not banger and like amazing kind of way not like absolute bop the way <laughs> like banger can be used yes, um Ava- avatar yes that's james horner and up was michael giacchino uh avatar being the james cameron 
film, not The Last Airbender, which that movie was atrocious and should never be thought of again. Um, and then the other two, because... I'm never going to get them. Yeah, the, the Hurt Locker and Sherlock Holmes. Oh, RDJ. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes was a Hans Zimmer score, so... Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I liked that movie. It It was an interesting action adaptation of the yeah. Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah, no complaints. I, I like Sherlock Holmes. I've read all of Doyle's works, and Sherlock is definitely one of my, like, favorite television shows. Yeah, in terms of best score, like, obviously we love the score. It probably deserved to be nominated, as most Deplat scores do. It did get nominated. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's why it said. Yeah. I, like, if you're losing to Michael Giacchino, like, yeah. you can't always complain. When you have some of the biggest names and, like, composers of, this, like, between uh, Hank Zimmer. Hans. Hans Zimmer. Hank Zimmer. Okay. <laughs> Hank Zimmer. That's Hans's brother. <laughs> um, he, he makes country music. Between Zimmer, Giacchino, and Depla, you have li- those are like three of the big, big names yeah. in the industry. Yeah, and James right? Horner did the and, Avatar. Yeah, and they all are doing these movies, as we've discussed with um, Depla in the past. They're doing the movies that are going to get the nominations for something. They're going to well, be recognized. Fantastic Mr. Fox is probably the outlier because it's the indie movie that got the nomination. Yeah, so that's probably the one like people really recognize. Oh, the score for this was really good, as opposed to, hey, this was the big animated movie for this year. Or, like this was a huge movie this year with the like that had a score that people liked. Let's just nominate that because Fantastic Mr. Fox was not a big movie. It no. underperformed at the box office. Yeah. Critics liked it, but didn't love it. Yeah, I noticed when I was looking at um, the information on the the production, the lip sync post group, it grossed $21 million. Yeah, which might have been above its budget, but not, not to, I don't remember, but usually on a movie, it's expected that to, if you made a profit, you would have made twice your budget. So mm. it, it that's that would still be underperforming then. Yeah, but I think... It speaks to Wes Anderson bringing in Depla to give it that oh, yeah. a, a level because, I mean, in the way like he brought in Meryl Streep and George Clooney, the movie was gonna get recognized because of the names in it, if well, nothing yeah. else. And what's nice is like we've talked about like animated movie like you can take you can take the risks you're taking the risks in the animation, but you're not taking the risks in the voice and the music because you have more budget for that. Yeah, the budget was forty million. So yeah, estimated budget, but still, uh, did not make its money back. No, and the twenty-one million uh, was the U.S. gross worldwide was forty-six. So it hardly so, made a yeah. profit. But I think that's the power of it being more of an indie film. Also, I would want I would speculate, and this I don't know the answer to, is how many of Wes Anderson's movie actually made a profit because he does strive for that quirky indie feel yeah, but the uh earlier in his career he would have been making the movies for much cheaper essentially and then when hitting that indie market you're making more of a profit it's uh, wes anderson all, like all these like indie quote-unquote auteur filmmakers have they're they're not making profits in their wide release movies uh quentin tarantino just released once upon once upon a time in hollywood in the year 2019 and that was his biggest box office opening ever just because he's one of the only filmmakers who people will go to see just because of the name of the filmmaker. Yeah. And granted, we you had 
Brad Pitt, Leo DiCaprio, and Margot Robbie also in it. Yeah. And also the topic and the timeliness of it, too. Uh, It's been funny, like, that movie in particular, I I catalog all the magazines at work, and how many of them bring up that movie or, like, Brad Pitt, Leo get featured in these magazines and stuff because the Manson murders are just so fresh on everyone's mind and like interviewing tarantino being like all right you said you were only gonna make 10 movies but this and this is your ninth one are you gonna hold to that 10 kind of thing like there's a lot of hubbub and gossip around this film Ooh, hot goss okay and then i pulled up two reviews okay oh so rotten tomatoes wise we have uh, a 92 percent for fantastic mr fox on rotten tomatoes which is good great yeah yeah really good means that critics recognize in general it's a thumbs up yeah audience score 85 uh what the web browser of rotten tomatoes doesn't show you is its average score out of five uh so i do not have access to that pulled up a negative review from my my girl amy nicholson uh formerly of the la weekly and now of the unspooled podcast okay she says, Anderson is so afraid of mussing a hair, he keeps his stories simple and hermetically sealed off from the sloppy business of emotions. Wow. <laughs> Savage. But that's, that's why I love Amy Nicholson, because she doesn't like Wes Anderson. She doesn't like comic book movies. She really only likes Tom Cruise, and she likes what she likes, and she's, she's honest about her opinions. She, yeah. And then I also pulled up the uh, Roger Ebert review. Uh, he gave it a 3.5 out of 4 stars. And just a pull quote, like the hero of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, also based on one of his books, the creature of Doll's Valley seem to know more than they're letting on. Perhaps even secrets we don't much want to know. Children especially will find things they don't understand, and things that scare them. Excellent. A good story for children should suggest a hidden dimension, and that dimension, of course, is the lifetime still ahead of them. Six is a little early for a movie to suggest to kids that the case is closed. Oh, what if the kids start crying about words they don't know? Mommy, mommy, what's creme brulee? Show them, for goodness sake. They'll thank you for it. Take my word for this. So That's funny. That kind of alludes to some of the stuff we were talking about last week in terms of Roald Dahl's stories being for kids, but in a very specific way and not talking to them like they're small adults, but talking to them like they're children. Yeah. I don't know if Wes does that as much, because there is definitely some stuff like the cuss you are, the cuss am I, that is definitely more adult less small child like child talking to a child kind of thing but still funny okay and i'm remembering now that we have limited space on our uh, release schedule data this week so i'm gonna wrap the episode there condra <laughs> we're almost done fantastic mr fox so le- next two weeks will probably just be our wrapping thoughts and really just fi- finishing up our relationship with this movie and then we can never watch it again what? No, that means I can actually watch it again, is what you're saying. It's been two years, people. Alrighty, uh, Condra, I'll see you next time for Minute 86. Well, uh, our listeners will hear from us next yes. time. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Email us at AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe on all the podcatchers. I'm bogarting all the things so we can just wrap the episode early. Uh, but hey, catch you next time. I've been Tyler Boudreaux. I've been Condra. And we hope you have a fantastic day. Fantastic.